He's back. He's back. The beast incarnate is back. He's coming to the ring. He's going to beat up Seth Rollins. He's in the ring. He's he's staring. They're not fight. Are they pantomiming? Are they? Is that panam? Are they miming? This is the yes talk. WrestleMania 3 at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's gonna be called down the middle, 50-50. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. I heard you laugh. I heard you get off on it, brother. In their business life and in their private life. Hello and welcome back to the Yes Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your host as always, Dustin Kaufman, and I'm recording right here in the lovely Studio H of the Cumulus Radio Kansas City building, uh, which means that the show sounds good. So, which is always a plus for the listener. Hey, if you're listening, thank you so much. Uh, if you've been listening, double thank you so much. Uh, if you're not already, follow the Yes Talk uh, at Twitter, just at the Yes Talk. I mean, you found me. You obviously know where I am. So just the at the yes talk. Give me a follow on Twitter. Um, thanks for uh, being out there. Thanks for listening. We have a lot to talk about this week in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, we're coming off Money in the Bank. We had a hot, hot uh, r- Monday Night Raw, and this is a really special week. Um, I don't always have interviews, but I I just got done. Uh, having a wonderful like 90-minute conversation with Rob Schamberger, who is the official WWE artist. Uh, you can find his work at the shop WWE or robschamberger.com. He's at all the events, the Wizard Worlds, the, the conventions, uh, Access Weekend at WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, the man's the real deal. He makes his living painting wrestlers, a lot for wrestlers. Uh, and it's such a cool conversation. It's a lot of fun. We talk about um, how he got started as an artist, which is a really cool story. Uh we talk about working the road and getting to meet a lot of these people, a lot of the wrestlers, the, a lot of our heroes that we watch every single week. And he talks, uh, and then we get into some uh, topical. We just talk about wrestling today. Um, we actually do the gimmick change of the week every week that we have the gimmick change of the week. So we actually kind of do that with Rob. Uh, so we'll cover that in the interview. So we're going to have a little bit quicker show. I'm just going to cut it down because it is a long interview. I don't want anybody to, I don't expect anyone to sit here for three hours, but hopefully two. So, or hey, hey, you know, come back and finish. So it's going to, it's a fun show. All right, let's get right to it. Let's just get to it. Huh? It's professional wrestling time. All right. So WWE uh, is advertising that they now have half a billion social media followers. Oh, wow. That's what they're WWE. Listen, has now announced that they have what they're advertising as half a billion social media followers Um, here. But it's not like, oh, it's like, wow. Okay. All right. Look, there are 7 billion people in the entire world. Does one out of every 14 people in the world follow WWE or follow professional wrestling? No. The answer is no. They have almost 25 million people based off Facebook. All right. Uh, all right. So let me go. All right. Look. All together, they have, they have half, maybe. 
but this is how they do it. Uh, how many of the people that follow each site are the same people? All right. Okay. Look. WWE has 5.4 million followers on Facebook. All right. WWE also has 25 million likes on Facebook. Okay. That's, that's 30 million. That's impressive. That's not half a billion. Zack Ryder has 1.75 million followers on Facebook. Vince McMahon has 1 million. Seth Rollins, your champion, has 932.2 thousand. Roman Reigns has a clean million. Paul Heyman has 961,000. It's all a lot of people. But if you so I think when they say they have half a billion followers, it's a it's a exaggerated lie for the investors. They want the stocks up a couple dollars. Brock Lesnar's coming back, the network. They want to keep the investors happy. They want to keep the stock price up. So that that number, I have half a billion. I have half a billion social media followers. Do you? I don't think you do. Okay. So, okay, yeah. So 25 million. Okay, let's look at that. WWE uh, has 25 million likes on Facebook, 5 million followers on Twitter. Okay, so how many of those 5 million on Twitter are already liking them on Facebook? Okay, how many people of that 932,000 that follow Seth Rollins is also following WWE? Or how many of that 1 million of Roman Reigns or that 900 plus thousand of Paul Heyman are also following WWE on Twitter? Okay, so they're taking, they're saying, okay, if every page, every wrestler account, every network account, every fan page, you add everything up, it's half a billion The only problem with that is it's all the same people. You have, at best, 30 million. At best, 30 million. That is giving the benefit of the doubt that nobody that follows them on Twitter also likes them on Facebook, which I can tell you, I follow them on Twitter. I also like the Facebook page. I like getting the feeds. I enjoy having the updates. All right, so I do both. I'm one person. I'm only one person who follows them on Twitter and Facebook, and I know I'm not the only one. You know what else I do? I follow Seth Rollins. I follow Vince McMahon. I follow Paul Heyman. I'm one person who follows all of these people, and I'm just one. I know I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who follows all of these people. So they're saying they have half a billion social media followers, which isn't true. They have 25 million, 30 at best, 25 million based off Facebook and less than a million more probably for fans who are just too old to have Facebook or maybe the court won't let them have the internet. Okay, so there's a... Re- but you you have 30 million at best. I'm going to say 26, 27 million at best. At best. Nobody... At, at best, okay? Nobody's following the wrestlers and not the organization. It's just because it's, it's the same thing. Half the time, the organization, I think tweets for the wrestlers, even, I don't, I don't know. I I mean, 
So yeah, half a billion. It is not it, it, 30, 25, Look, twenty five million is impressive. I sure don't have twenty five million follow likes on Facebook. I only have five thousand. That's not twenty five million. But after you like it and follow me, I'll have five thousand and one. So, uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's impressive, but it's exaggerated. It's for the investors. It's not true. I mean, but you go to Vince McMahon's page right there, big. Oh, half a billion social media followers. You have thir- 25, 26 million who like to click a lot of buttons and have a lot of time on their hands and like to read a lot of updates. So they follow a lot of people. Essentially, you have twenty five million who you know like about. 10 pages each, eight pages each, you know, like, so, all right. Uh, but congratulations on your 25 million, maybe 26, you know, congrats. That is congratulations on having over 25 million likes on Facebook and five, five million, 5.4 million on Twitter. Congratulations. WWE. Woohoo. <laughs> Half a billion, it is not. Um, all right, money in the bank coming off money in the bank. Look, the only match I predicted was the pre-match. I'm like, our truth is gonna win, and then he's gonna run with a king gimmick, which he's doing. So I called that. I missed everything. I missed everything. Ryback kept the belt. I mean, that's I was I predicted Ryback keeping the belt, but I mean, he still <laughs> lost the match. <laughs> So, um, I, uh, Paige and Nikki, I predicted, I did predict that Paige would pin Nikki daring a twin magic, but I predicted that she would keep the, get the belt, which she did. So I was right. But then 10 seconds later, they made me wrong again. So, um, Cena Owens, I predicted Owens. I thought maybe he was going to, th- with maybe with an interference of some sort or a dirty finish, but I really thought somehow Owens was going to was gonna win that. That match was incredible. Cena Owens 2 was better than Cena Owens 1. Wow. How awesome was that? That was because I feel the, the first Cena Owens, that was essentially, I mean, that was Owens' big debut match. Right? I mean, that was his big... I mean, so it took him maybe like three-fourths of the match to, I don't know, loosen up, warm up, really start getting into it, to start doing, I guess, off the turnbuckle, to start doing flips and flying and really show the diversity of what he can do in the ring. So we didn't get that for the whole first match. But it was played well. The story, the ring story, the in-ring story was amazing. So much fun to watch. So much hype around it, and, and they built that. It built itself. You know, I was going to say they built it in such a short amount of time, but John Cena and Kevin Owens almost just builds itself. You don't need to build it. That just builds itself. But two, John Cena, Kevin Owens, two, money in the bank, better than one, and I cannot wait for three. I cannot wait. Now, we get, I mean, it took what? It took a year to get Cena, Rock, Two, right? That was done over like a. We're getting three in like six weeks. One, two, what if all three Rocky movies came out at the same time? Would you have cared about Rocky? Or what if the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy was released within six weeks? You couldn't even watch all three movies within six weeks. That's how long they are. 
you'd there you'd be out of you couldn't order pizza you'd have like pizza box it would just it'd be a lot of fun i'd like to you know but all right so but they are pushing it but i mean i don't think it feels forced to me i know it's quick and a lot of people are saying that kevin owens is getting a push too quick his push is coming too quick he's getting pushed too quick they need to slow down a little bit but here's what those people need to remember kevin owens has been doing that for 15 years the guy can cut a promo wonderfully and better than most people on the main roster already okay he can go in the ring did you see some of the moves he did with cena he made cena look way better than cena is i was seeing cena involved with moves i have never seen him do before and i applaud john cena for that i do i applaud him for like going that extra for like you know for just pick, saying like all right I'm going to open up to what you can do. And he's selling Owens wonderfully. This feud is fantastic. Uh, man, I'm, I'm just all hyped up about it. I really am. It's so, it was such a fun, it's such a fun thing. I think, I don't think they need to slow down with Kevin Owens. I just think they need to be prepared for what happens next. I mean, if you have to assume he's going to drop the NXT title, in Japan on July 4th at 4:30 at 5:30 a.m. Uh, here in America between 3:30 and 6:30 a.m. depending on where you live, you know. So, but it'll be there all day. You don't have to watch it live. I probably will. So, he'll probably drop the NXT title of Japan July 4th. And then you have to imagine he's there's a good chance he's taking that US title. Which is a uh, I'm going to miss the U.S. Open Challenge. I think he can continue the U.S. Open Challenge. Uh, I think he's a perfect guy to continue the U.S. Open Challenge. And he'll probably have to continue it the very next night on Raw to John Cena. <laughs> I imagine that's going to – I don't know. I mean, are they going to do that twice that quick, back forth? They can't do four just on Raw. What? Unless it's just a quick – Unless they do do four on Raw, but it's like a really dirty finish, you know, finish. But it just it, John Cena does lose, and then they can't contend because yeah, that was his rematch. So I don't know. Uh, so that's gonna move forward. All right. So primetime players, congratulations to primetime players. That was unexpected. New Day was just having a great run. Kofi was in the eliminate the ladder match, the Money in the Bank match. New Day was also defending the tag team titles. They've been so hot lately. I mean, to me, Kofi was actually if I figured if WWE didn't have anything planned, if they knew what was going on with the heavyweight title, then they probably don't need the briefcase as much. Maybe they will let it go to Kofi and the New Day just to have fun. Because because you can have fun with that. So if, to me, if Kofi's a potential uh, winner of the Money in the Bank, which I thought at the time, then obvious, and then I just like, okay, New Day's really hot. Primetime players are hot. They've been hot since they came back. I mean, God, Titus O'Neil's a machine. He's a beast. He's tossing, tossing people. Ah, like like pizza. Um, and the money in the bank match for Camper is Sheamus, right? Yeah. Uh, again, didn't I thought it was going to be Roman Reigns, or I had Kofi at two if they just weren't going to go with the Reigns approach. Uh, Roman Reigns, uh, 
okay for I, this is what i and i mentioned this we actually talk about this a little bit with rob schamberger during our interview today but kofi uh i'm sorry uh the, this is what I don't like about these kind of ladder matches is you have a lot of guys surrounding a ring with one ladder in the middle going to one thing. And what you end up getting is you end up getting uh, a lot of guys laying on the floor outside of the ring for three-fourths of the match, coming in for a quick spot, rolling out to other guys. And so I don't, I'd rather have less guys and less people just laying around outside the ring. You don't need to overbook your matches if you're not going to utilize the people in the match. I mean, right off the bat, Randy Orton's not going to win that. He doesn't have to be there. Kane's not going to win that. He doesn't have to be there. Okay, so now we're down to five right off the bat. Uh, who else? I mean, it just... It's, I mean, Neville, your high flyer, people want to see him win. He's going to be doing spots in that match that are going to be fun. Randy Orton, look, I will say this. I'm not saying it wasn't enjoyable because all the RKOs off the ladder, man, they were a blast. They were a blast, okay? But they were quick spots, and then how long was he not involved in the match for? Same with Ziggler. How long was Ziggler not involved with the match? He just, I mean, there was a point Ziggler came back to the ring. I forgot he was even in the match because he was out for so long. Um, so Roman Reigns, again, I thought, and uh, I thought maybe because with uh, Brock Lesnar being promoted for Raw after Money in the Bank, I was like, okay, so we I mean, we could easily see Brock Lesnar come out, maybe even at the Money in the Bank, you know, come out, just knock out whoever wins. Take the briefcase and go cash in at the end of the night. No, we got Bray Wyatt, though, which I like this feud. It's, uh, so we're going to get Roman Reigns versus uh, Bray Wyatt. Roman Reigns was climbing the ladder. Lights go off. There's Bray Wyatt in his, in his uh, leather face tribute, uh, leather, uh, leather, leather apron, his meat-cutting apron, which, uh, if you will. Uh <laughs> It was awesome. He gave him the sister Abigail. It was a fun moment. I thought maybe he was going to climb up and just take it. I mean, that's again, who's going to say no? Who's going to take the if he shows up in the in the match, if he just pops up and go who's going to tell him no? Give it back. No, Bray. You need to give it back. Come take it. Come take it back, right? Mm. Um um, all right, so I'm look I am looking forward to that. I think that's a good feud. I think I uh and you know, look, this is something uh, people are complaining about Bray Wyatt. No from no matter what he does. No matter what WWE does with Bray Wyatt right now, people are complaining. They're complaining that he's not getting enough ring time, that he's not involved with enough stories. And when they do bring him in for stories, people are complaining that it's the wrong person to have him involved with. That Which, okay, look, I can understand both of them. But this, how do you really complain about this? If you, or if you like, I mean, if you like, if you're just... I think if you aren't into this right now, it's probably because you are automatically assuming Bray Wyatt's going to lose the feud and it, because he lost on uh, on Raw, right? 
uh, which which to Roman Reigns to get the to the spot, which put Roman Reigns in that spot. Now Monday on Raw, that was the first time Bray Wyatt ever mentioned. That was the first time he ever mentioned interest about a title from Bray Wyatt. All right, so I I think we're gonna start seeing Bray moving towards that main event title, which is good because right now we have the main event. The guys they are using in a title run, we have the Shield, and we have Brock Lesnar. Okay, I mean, Randy Orton could be there, John Cena could be there, but they're not. I mean, John Cena is one of the main events of every pay per view or event now, just because of the U.S. Open Challenge. So, what we have, we have a new generation, but every I feel like it's like. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. And that's been pretty much the title run for a really long time. And we need to get other guys in that picture, which is why I'm, I think it's good that Sheamus won this because right now we have about four uh, main card guys. We have about four guys being used uh, for in that title run and a huge mid card. And then some jobber. And that's it. That's all we're dealing. I mean, there's guys who will be there. Kevin Owens will be there. Uh, you know, Sheamus winning that briefcase, I think, puts him. You know, I heard him say in an interview that Brock Lesnar is one of his dream matches. And with this feud with Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins coming up here in a little bit at Battleground, maybe continuing to SummerSlam. I uh, there's a good chance that Bro- Brock Lesnar is going to wear that belt again, and I could really see Sheamus cashing in on Brock Lesnar. Maybe not even like a sneak attack. Maybe he just comes out and challenges him to maybe Survivor Series. Brock Lesnar versus Sheamus at Survivor Series. Would that piss you guys off? Would you think that's cool? I think that would be okay. I mean, Sheamus is a big guy. That would be his biggest challenge to date for sure. I mean, Sheamus is a big guy. How often is it that he's in there with somebody a lot bigger and tougher and meaner than him? I would love to see Sheamus and Brock Lesnar duke it out. I would. How is he going to cash it in on a Seth Rollins? I, you don't want to change uh, Sheamus. and You don't want to turn him face for a title run. He's would be a heel champion. I don't, I'm curious to see what happens with that. Maybe he tries to cash it in on Lesnar and Lesnar knocks him out. Or maybe he tries to make it a triple threat and Lesnar just lays him out. Or Seth Rollins maybe just catches him and lays him out. Just real quick, just wastes it. I don't think, I don't know. I, it depends on the r- type of, I mean, we could see a lot of things from Sheamus. Are we going to, with that briefcase, I think his best bet right now uh, is to just carry it, uh, carry it by the handle. Don't carry it by both sides. Don't hold it up by both sides. You look silly. You're a grown-ass man. You just pick it up by the handle and lift it up by the handle with one arm, one arm. Just carry it with one arm. And just let it be there. Let it be known. It's don't make it your fo- the focus of who you are for a while. You have it. You're. I mean, everybody knows it. 
Sheamus had a rough night on Raw. I'll tell you that. And we'll get to that a little later. But for just winning the briefcase, Sheamus had a really enough rough, rough night on Raw. Um, all right. And Ambrose uh, Rollins, uh, right? Oh, oh uh, yeah. Ambrose Rollins uh, in a 35-minute ladder match. 35 minutes! That la- I mean, God, that was so good. That was such a good match. And the crowd, they were like, they were pretty dead when that started. They were like really not, they were really quiet when that match started. For the first few minutes, they were really quiet. But over the way they built and built it and built the story and the, the spots got bigger and they just started giving more and more. That crowd was so into it and they grew with the match. That match for 35 minutes, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose gave everything they had. Everything. And I think what an awesome match. I knew going into that. I mean, it's Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose, for, you know, he spent a lot of time in combat zone wrestling. Ladder matches are right up his alley. Uh, he works great with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, no strangers. A lot of time in ROH. And just in general, I mean, these guys work so good together. Their chemistry was good. You could tell that they spent a lot of time working on that match. Especially with a lot of those early ladder spots where they'd one would get on and one would get off, and one then they'd throw them and the constant back and forth and the dancing around the ladders when the early introduction of the ladders it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You could tell they spent time making that really good. And it, I, I just, it, it was great. It couldn't have been any better. A lot of people didn't like Money in the Bank, I feel maybe because it was, uh, I think it's because it was. Uh, the finishes. I think just people didn't get the finishes they wanted. Uh, aside from Ryback and Big Show, which was just awful. It was just awful. What an awful match that was. I mean, Ryback and Big. I mean, I can't say it enough. If you're, there's just a horrible representation of the Intercontinental Title. Uh, just it was just awful, awful. So, um, and. Page versus Nikki Bella, man. All right, Page versus Nikki Bella. That was another one where I just Page kept getting her in these moves and holds and submission holds and wrestling moves, move after move after move, and Nikki just kept squirming and going to the ropes. And 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 JBL is selling it. He says. Nikki's had an answer for everything Paige has thrown at her. Like, no, she has not. She wiggled to the ropes. She, that's There was no reversals. <laughs> there was no counters. There was no counter holds. I, I mean, are they really going to... How... I, I have a nickname for Nikki Bella now. I have a new nickname for Nikki Bella right now. It, it's John Sheena. Hear that? John Sheena. <laughs> John Sheena, everybody. It's hashtag John Sheena. Uh, you heard it at the Yes Talk first. John Sheena. I'm because I mean they're you know they are trying to turn her into. I mean, first off, it's just it's this forced like 
mediocre talent. She has been working harder. I cannot, I will say it again. Nikki Bella has been working harder to improve her performance in the ring. And it shows, it does show she's added a few new moves. She's added some powerhouse moves, which I guess, okay. I mean, you're a powerhouse now, but she has added some, like some strong moves, moves that make her try to make her look stronger. Uh, and she's just, I, I really hope they don't have her beat the uh, AJ Lee's streak, to be honest with you. I just, I mainly because I don't want to see her with another three months running with that title. I, there is, all right, so I guess we'll just, if they, look, I'm, all right, if they don't have, and then on Raw, I was just going to wait and talk. But if they, after seeing Raw, with Paige going against Nikki and Brie at the same, you know, you would fit and nobody will stand up. So you get Paige standing up on a chair trying to preach to the whole Divas division. Almost all of them. Not all of them were there. But, man, did you see the lineup of Divas they had there? As far as, like, people you'd go, wow, they're great wrestlers. Or, wow, I can't wait to see... Like out of what there were seven of them, maybe one or like what a bunch of worthless talent. I mean, compare. I mean, really, what a bunch of worthless talent. The last great match we saw on the main roster, I have to assume, was Paige versus AJ, and it's because Paige had really someone really good who could work in the ring, really good who wasn't just a diva. She was, she was a freaking wrestler. She stayed away from the divish, the the totally. I think WWE's pigeons hold themselves with the total diva show, because how do we move on from something that we've made like a brand around? So it's. I hope that's not holding it for too long. So all right, money in the bank, uh, and then Brock Lesnar, man. How about really Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar. Sheamus is that's uh I know he said that's his dream match. Uh Daniel Bryan said Brock Lesnar is his dream match. You know, they said they said she- Sheamus, who's your dream opponent? He said Brock Lesnar. And they said Daniel Bryan, who's your dream op- opponent? And he said Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And, and they said Dustin Kaufman, who who's your dream opponent? I said not Brock Lesnar. Not Brock. Are you? How about this? I will fight a child for a front row seat to watch Brock Lesnar. Now I don't condone beating up children. I don't beat up children. That would make me a bully. But I do have a one-year-old, so I know how to take him down. And if it came between me and a twelve-year-old for a front row seat to see Brock Lesnar, well, I hope you wore your Superman suit, kid, because you're about to fly. Woo! That seat is mine. Uh, is Paul Heyman bigger than Brock Lesnar as a manager or as big? Is he as big or maybe bigger? What would Brock Lesnar be? Where would he be today in WWE without Paul Heyman? How would Brock Lesnar be perceived today with right now without Paul Heyman at his side? Would he even be in WWE? Is Paul Heyman the only reason Brock Lesnar is there? If Paul Heyman left, would Lesnar leave? 
But how much influence does Paul Heyman have in not only what happens to him uh, in his career with the company, but how he's perceived amongst the fans? Would there be uh, a one in 21 and one? Would there be a one in the one in 21 and one there, you know, like without Paul Heyman, would Brock Lesnar have ended the streak? Would anybody have ended the streak? If Paul Heyman wasn't behind Brock Lesnar, would the Undertaker streak have ever, would, would it have ever ended? I honestly think no. Okay, I honestly, I mean, without Paul Heyman, would we think of Lesnar as uh, the beast incarnate? As former UFC world heavyweight champion, the one in 21 and one, would we think of Brock Lesnar as that without Paul Heyman? Or would he be the guy that Triple H painted a picture of? Would he be the guy who left WWE to go play football, who failed at getting into the NFL, who then got sick during UFC and quit and came back to WWE because he thought it was easier. Is that, without Paul Heyman, is that who Brock Lesnar would be? Or would he even be in the WWE? It's an interesting thought. I, again, I think Brock, uh, Paul Heyman, we I talked about it a little last week. I think he's too big to manage. If there's anybody he could get away with, it would be Charlotte. Um, I, she's just good enough. I think it, Paul Heyman can outshine. He's outshined everybody he's attempted to manage in, except for Brock Lesnar and CM Punk. And it's they're two people who were at the top of the game. It wasn't a, um, it it wasn't like he didn't push them. He compliments them, right? They're two people who are as big as it can get. I mean, especially CM Punk on the mic. He didn't need a mic, Smith. That was total appearance. I mean, he didn't ever need anybody talking for him. Brock Lesnar, on the other hand, I mean it. Having somebody talk for him is pretty, I mean, it's, you know, he, how long ago would he have walked out and stayed out is my, if he had to have these conversations himself. So I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot of people, people say, who's going to be the next Heyman guy? Who's going to be the next, the hey, who's he going to represent? I mean, nobody can stand in the shadow of Paul Heyman and succeed unless you're already at the top. All he can do is compliment you. I think he's too big. Paul Heyman is too over that he's just kind of, especially working with Lesnar. Because when does Paul Heyman ever come out and not talk about Lesnar? So I just, I think it's going to be a one-man team for a while. Um, I would love to see the quote, quote, Heyman family, you know, like the Heenan family. I would love to see something like that. But that's why I think Charlotte could get away with it because it's a different division. You know, she's not getting outshined by Brock Lesnar. There's no competition. There's no potential story there. I just think, and she's big enough or like over enough and talented enough that I think Paul Heyman could do well for Charlotte Flair. So, um, all right. Um, 
WWE says, okay, so this actually came Kevin Owens, our Ring of Honor released a Kevin Owens action figure recently, um, resembling the um, how he appears today, but it's Kevin Steen, of course. They, they released the Kevin Steen action figure, but resembling the Kevin Owens character, and I guess... WWE never had them sign a contract or had a contract out about stuff like you know so they're kind of like shooting themselves in the foot right now um so this is actually a statement that they made to a, a young talent WWE told young talent that if you aspire to work here you won't work for Ring of Honor or TNA so really like wwe told young talent if you aspire to work here with the wwe you won't work for ring of honor or tna so they're saying what they're saying is don't follow your dreams how does that work if you want to wrestle don't wrestle does WWE feel that they're getting burned by bringing in skilled and seasoned wrestlers from other organizations? I, I don't see how, okay? But I don't get, like, so if you want to wrestle, don't wrestle? Look, I I know as a stand-up comedian uh, that if a club doesn't hire you, you're not going to stop doing comedy. I mean, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. Maybe it's because you really suck. Okay? And you just shouldn't wrestle. But if somebody... So if you get turned down, if you get rejected up front initially, you keep working. You work harder to get better. If people didn't wrestle for, for Ring of Honor and TNA, what would our roster be right now? In WWE, it would be terrible. Well, I mean, okay, it wouldn't be terrible, but it wouldn't be what it is. I'm not, It's. it wouldn't be terrible, okay? We'd have a lot of talent, but it would be missing a lot, especially like NXT. I mean, we wouldn't have a world heavyweight champion. We wouldn't have somebody, uh, we wouldn't have had a main event at Money in the Bank this week. That's for sure. Uh, we wouldn't have an NXT champion. That's That's a fact. That's a fact. We'd have Roman Reigns versus John Cena every week for 10 months. Occasionally, Randy Orton would make it a triple threat. And that would be our life. But it's not. It's not. Dolph Ziggler would be the Intercontinental Champion and the U.S. Champion, probably. I just hate it. Look, if, if so, if WWE says we're not interested in you in right now, you know, so what are you going to do? You're going to never wrestle? You're going to stop wrestling? No. If you want to be a wrestler, be a wrestler. Go be so good they can't say no. Go go out and wrestle your way to the, I mean, if you want to be a wrestler, don't wrestle. Come on. Come on. That That's not, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like it. It's, um, all right. So. All right, my tweet of the week. I got the tweet of the week. 
Uh, usually I, I see like wrestlers and they'll like tweet something and I'll just have something funny or sarcastic and I share it. But this is actually a little bit longer. So Curtis Axel before money in the bank was doing a Q and a, it was like hashtag WWE Totino's blasted or something. So they would go there and they'd use the hashtag and Axel would go through and answer the question, but there was a lot of questions. So he couldn't answer everybody's right. And then he posted, Hey, I gotta go. That's all I can answer. Thanks. So I took the Liberty to let everybody know that Curtis Axel was busy now, but I would be answering questions for them for as Curtis Axel. I would be answering questions for Curtis Axel because he was busy and had to continue his day. Uh, okay, so, and I, this is actually, this was my favorite. This is the be best, I, and it just had a nice, it's actually a few, it's, it streams a little bit. So I'm going to share this with you. Uh, this is my tweet of the week. All right, so um, a uh, at heel GP at said at Curtis Axel, is it awesome being Hulk Hogan? Hashtag WWE Totino's blasted. So I replied, Vince McMahon makes me take too many vitamins, which he said, and say too many prayers. I said all the time. Vince made me build a church in my living room. My butler is a preacher. And he said, who supplied the vitamins? And I said, uh, ever since the movies, Vince McMahon makes me take Flintstones vitamins all day long. He forces Vince Flint. I had a picture up there. Okay. Uh, and he said, can other superstars attend your church? And I said, not uh, Paige because she wears pentagrams on her chest. And he said, I can't I imagine Kane and Undertaker aren't allowed either, which I said, sure. Kane wears nice pants now and Undertaker comes by, but only once a year. He said, so anyone but Paige is allowed at the church? I said, no, Zack Ryder isn't allowed on principle. We'd like to see Paul Heyman more, but that whole Jewish thing. And he said, who's the most frequent visitor? I said, well, nobody really comes to visit me any anymore since I started dressing like Hulk Hogan. And he said, Macho Mandal still does, right? And I said, no, he thinks I'm trying to hook up with Emma, uh, a.k.a. Miss M. Elizabeth." Uh, so he isn't speaking to me anymore right now. Yes, Miss Elizabeth, you are welcome. Can we see that? If you're going to go with the mega, can we get Emma to play Miss Elizabeth? Come on, Miss M. Elizabeth, that's hilarious. All right, so, uh, and he said, well, are you going after her? I said, hot, no way, brother. That Mandow is crazy. <laughs> I can't get through to him. Uh, and he said, so will you and Mandow have a grudge match? And I said, this is fucking ridiculous. LOL, I'm out. Uh, so that's my tweet of the week. Um, all right. So uh, we're just going to skip a couple things. We're going to do the Raw Recappuccino. And then we're going to go. Uh, we got Rob Schamberger, guys. We, Rob Schamberger, the official artist of the World Wrestling Entertainment. You Again, all of his work is available right at Shop WWE. You can find him at all the conventions. You can find him at WrestleMania Access. He'll be at Battleground just painting in the parking lot. He called him and told him he was coming. So he'll be selling paints and painting right there at Battleground in St. Louis, Missouri. All right. Uh, let's see. So this is a Raw Recappuccino. Again, we're going to do the gimmick change of the week with Rob. Um, so the Raw Recappuccino. Uh, Dean uh, is back after the money in the bank. Uh, banks. Uh, you know, wait, let's start Raw off. Like, Okay, if I haven't mentioned it yet, um, money in the bank and Raw had nice trip, really nice uh, in the after Raw. 
the Dusty Rhodes tribute, um, which is just, it was great. It's such a sad, the Dusty Rhodes, passing of Dusty Rhodes, it, it seems so much stronger like than when, a, and I'm not saying he was better, but he probably was, had just maybe more of an impact on more people. He had such a hand in every next generation and every decade for the past several decades he had such a huge hand in that he just had affected a lot of people in a positive way and you felt it even as somebody who doesn't is not you know does not work for ww who has never met dusty Rhodes, who doesn't know a lot of rest so but you could feel it as a fan for somebody who has been watching for as long as I have for, you know, since the 80s. And it's just it really means uh, you could feel like a lot of times wrestlers pass away. They get a nice tribute at the beginning of Raw. Maybe they'll tell the bells like, oh, he did all this. He did that. Um, but you don't get the amount of feedback and love that you got. The flooding, the flooding through social media uh, and the, just the, you know, the tears on the 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 productions i mean it's 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 a really sad uh it's really sad the wrestling world lost someone really great who dusty Rhodes did so much for professional wrestling he touched and affected so many people in a positive way taught trained created uh, events pay-per-views i mean there in nxt i mean so it, my heart goes out to the to his family, to all his kids, his whole family, and uh, to the WWE. And you just, I mean, moving forward, you know, Ric Flair said on Busted Open that Dustin might come train at the Performance Center. You know, maybe try to fill those big old boots. My question is, what's going to happen with Cody? You know, because Cody's running, <clears throat> you know. Cody's running a pr as a pretty big heel right now, right? Okay, so he's a, get coming up to SummerSlam. They're going to try to push this Green Arrow story, which I wonder if they're still going to do. Because, look, kayfabe out the window, man. This is just how it's going to be. When Cody walks out for the first time, Stardust or not, he's going to get a lot of love from the universe. I mean, he's going to be really over. All right. He's going to be, his character is, is going to, he's just going to, him as a person. It's not the character. It's him as a person is going to come out in character. And he's just going to get, people will show him love a lot of it. And there's no way around it. So if they want, this is crazy. All right. But if they want to continue Cody as a heel, and continue him forward, they will have him come out and as Stardust take the applause and then start trash talking his dad. You know, I, I know WWE likes to play these angles. Uh, they like to play with real stories. And look, this is something that, I mean, I don't think this is, uh, this is just, the creative side of what's we're about to look at. So it is something that should be thought about, I think, or talked about. What are you going to do with Stardust when he comes back? 
If he's really going into this feud with Stephen Amell, he can't be a face. You can't bring Stephen Amell, the green arrow, in as a, as a heel. You can't. He's the hero. He's a, the green arrow is like he's he's friends with Batman, guys. He's a good guy. <laughs> so uh, does he does does Cody come out and say, you know, they're like, you know, um, and just you guys don't, you know, like, oh, you had to grow up. You think he was so good. Blah. It was a piece of blah and blah, blah. And so, I mean, maybe they could use uh, Dustin. A gold dust, maybe to help that, but he's injured. So, but they could, he could talk. I don't know. Are they going to play? I mean, are they going to use it for an angle? Do you have to use it as an angle? Can you ignore it? Can you ignore it? I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe you can ignore it. It'll be awkward if you don't acknowledge it because the fans will. The fans will acknowledge it. When Cody comes out, he will be acknowledged in a positive way. There will be a lot of love for him. So they need to think about what they're going to do with him moving forward. I mean, he could really, you know, this could be a, if you want to continue him as a heel. And I, we talk about uh, Stardust a little bit later on uh, with Rob. And he, he talks about just the freedom that he has with his character and how much he enjoys it. So. So maybe we'll just move on. All right. So, um, again, condolences to the family. Um, sad, sad loss. All right. So Dean Ambrose. Um, so Seth Rollins comes out, and he likes to thank everybody in the world, which is like himself 20 times. And then Dean, okay, Dean comes back. Why? Like he ended Money in the Bank saying that he was going to go take care of his leg and he'll be back better than ever and he'll be going for the title. Uh, so when he said he was going to, because that really made it seem like Dean was about to take a hiatus. Maybe he's going to go film a movie, maybe so this, but he wrapped up. He wrapped it up. He's like, hey guys, I'm going to go disappear. I'm going to go heal this leg. Then he comes out the next night walking fine. And then he starts hobbling again. And then he's walking fine again. And he's hobbling. And then he, and then he sits down. He sits down. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. And so you had uh, Amber. He sits down. He's like, I'm not leaving until I, you know, get the title. So Seamus comes out. He beats Seamus. And then leaves. But he said he's not leaving. But then he beats Sheamus and he leaves. We could have had an entire night of Ambrose not leaving. How many times do guys like, I'm not leaving this ring until, and then they just leave. Commercial breaks over and they're gone. Uh, so then Orton comes out and takes out Sheamus. Like, wait. So Sheamus gets beat by Ambrose. And then Orton comes out and takes, that's not a good night for Sheamus coming off money in the bank. Oh, so I look like because a lot of times they think, well, if your money in the bank, you got the briefcase anyways, you can lose. It doesn't really matter. You're still going to look strong because you still have that contract for the World Heavyweight Championship for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think we're going to see Sheamus with the briefcase for too long, a few months, maybe, you know, I don't think he'll have it at WrestleMania. I doubt he'll have it by at the end of the year. If I had to guess, we'd probably see him cash it in around Survivor Series. Um, 
uh, it's. I mean, if Brock Lesnar go, does go over and take the title uh, from Seth Rollins, then we're probably going to get the Sheamus Lesnar. So, um, you know, but may, I mean, so maybe Rollins will go over on Lesnar. I mean, who knows? So, um, our truth versus Barrett again. Truth comes out in his own king attire. Called it. Thank you, and gets another quick victory over Barrett. Is Barrett back on a losing streak? And then he takes out our truth, but he lost. He's still lost. Uh, so that's just comedic at best. I mean, it's there's no, there's nothing going. Barrett, I think, is just he just. I mean, look, our truth is doing better in his spot than Barrett is, is in my opinion. All right, maybe this could be a fun thing for a while. Just let Truth make fun of Barrett because Barrett needs to be made fun of. At this point, they've tried to do everything with that guy, and he just, to me, it just doesn't really work. None of it's gone well. He hasn't done well in any position. Uh, I mean, how many intercontinental titles has he had since he got, before he got the king? Uh, really? So it's kind of a downgrade, I would have to say. Like, they don't, they're just like, what else can we do with this guy? Um, so, I mean, cause King of the ring is not a step up from the, I mean, not in my opinion. I mean, how many intercon, how many times has he held that belt led Nexus? How many years has he been around uh, as a singles performer trying to get pushed in that into a big spot and every, it just, it doesn't work ever, ever. Um, and he, they just end up having him. How many times did he lose as the intercontinental champion going into WrestleMania? All of them, all of the matches. Um, all right. Kevin Owens. Uh, comes out says John Cena is not here tonight and the fans go nuts they go, they are so excited um, so then we had Owens versus Ziggler in a non-title open challenge which is good because Ziggler can't win the NXT title I don't want to see him win the NXT title they don't need to have NXT the NXT title should be primarily de defended in NXT events I'm excited for July 4th I think that's such a cool thing um uh, so, all right, uh, then, um, uh, yeah, the page, we already covered that. Um, and again, if we don't see somebody show up quick to help page out, I feel like they're really building up for a Charlotte, right. Or somebody to run in as the hero. I mean, they, you could not have set up a better picture to introduce somebody than that right on Monday, but it's, I mean, it, it really feels like it's happening. Like this is the story. Like, Oh, they had that all of a sudden another heel uh, back to a heel change for the Bellas. They just, all this and page was doing these in Bella speeches. And it just seems like they came up with a story that went, all right, let's do that. And they just burp, put the brakes on whatever was or wasn't happening. And, that, and it seems like it's a perfect way to introduce somebody. So uh, you have to think they're leading somewhere. I mean, at least you hope, um. Uh. Okay. So Orton versus Kane. I look. I, I look. I accidentally. I'll, I'll be honest. I passed out ten minutes in the raw. I woke up about two hours later. Um. With about thirty forty minutes left, and uh, I watched it. So I had DVR. Okay. I had DVR. But I I did watch it. Uh. Orton versus Kane. Um. Happened. Which I'll be honest. I, I fast forwarded through it and uh until Sheamus came out all right Miz versus Big Show uh with Ryback at ringside right uh in response to um Money in the Bank which honestly this match uh what happened in this match is I don't know because I skipped th this match too okay I don't this is so horrible it's like 
if, if I can fast forward, I'm fast forwarding through Ryback and the Big Show. It, this story just irritates me so bad because they need somebody much and bigger than the Miz, bigger than the Miz. All right, bigger the Miz. <laughs> To do to that belt what Daniel Bryan, to be that fighting champion, look, it's not Ryback and it's not the big show. You're not going to prove yourself with the big show. Okay, that's enough. We don't need to talk about that anymore. All right, Roman Reigns uh, and the Bray Wyatt promo. Uh, Again, for the first time ever, we heard Bray Wyatt comment towards the fact that he wants to be champion someday, which is great because that really starts to give him a purpose. He has a purpose, which is more than just, "Uh, I'm going to come haunt. I'm going to I'm going to do video promos on you for a few weeks. I'm going to show. I mean, it's more purpose than I just want to. I want to prove that you're a liar or I want to, I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to prove that you're a liar. He always wants to, I love the character. Um, but this really is good. Cause I mean, if you're going to start putting thoughts of the title into that Bray Wyatt character, then I think we're going to see a much darker Bray Wyatt character. Unless that's just what he's saying to sell this feud. I don't, I think it's good. I think Roman Reigns needs to stay out of the title picture right now, and Bray Wyatt needs to start going towards it. This is a perfect feud because Roman Reigns is really close to that uh, title run, to that belt. He's really close to that belt, and Bray Wyatt needs to get closer so a feud with each other actually works good. In fact, this could elevate Bray Wyatt. Like, how could he be more over? I mean, this is going to be split. That match is going to be interesting because it's like, how is how are these guys going to be perceived? Because Bray Wyatt has a huge fan base. He has a huge, but so does Roman Reigns. Women love Roman Reigns. Bray's not the ladies man Roman Reigns is, so he's probably not going to get a lot of the ladies, but he'll get some of them. I know there's the lady fireflies. The fireflies come in all shapes and sizes, all sounds. All, all walks of life follow the buzzards. All right, but, you're, you know, Roman Reigns, he's got his fans. He's got his fans. People want to say he's not this, that. He is over. A million followers is over. A million followers on Twitter. So I'm just, I think it's great. Again, it keeps it keeps Roman Reigns out of the title picture while putting Bray Wyatt closer to it, which is something they need to do. Again, we can't have the shield in every main event. We have to start putting other guys in title matches, which is why it's good that Sheamus got uh, won the money because it's just somebody else. It's somebody new. And Sheamus is a big guy. He's done great with this heel spot. Uh, he can go. He's held the gold before. He hasn't been anywhere close to it in a long time. Um, so then Kevin Owens drops MKG. Ha! It was awesome. Awesome. Uh, and again, we'll, uh, we talk about that a little more with Rob Schamberger. Uh, we had the six-man tag uh, match, which I've – look, okay. You had Neville with the new tag team champions, primetime players against the New Day. Uh, that was fun. Again, they haven't been doing it as much. But again, I just think they need to be careful with the six-man tag matches too because they used to just use them too much for no reason. It's just they always – 
you know, they get these three-man factions, and then they just put these ridiculous teams that have no business being together. But this was fun. It was a fun match. You know, people are just excited. I don't think anyone's ever going to complain about watching Neville wrestle or watching uh, Titus O'Neil throw people across the ring. I mean, nobody's ever going to complain about that. Um, and then, it, and then the end. How about this? The authority has a new <laughs> a new opponent for Seth Rollins, as we talked about. It's Brock Lesnar, and they did that weird where Seth Rollins he tried to take a step back, and Lesnar would take a step forward, and it was just they mirrored each other. They mirrored. So I'm really excited that's announced. So uh, battleground so far: Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt, which is going to be incredible. How could anybody be against this? That those two guys go. I think that's somebody that Bray Wyatt can really open up and get like go in the ring with. I mean, Roman Reigns is tough. All right, that's a tough guy. I'm really excited for that match. So battleground, we have Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. We have Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Heavyweight title. And we have Cena Owens for the U.S. title. Oh, man. Battleground sounds awesome. And the best part so far, they have five weeks to build it. Five. Do you know how many events we've gotten in the past, like, between what King of the Ring, uh, Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank, uh, I'm, there, there was something. I mean, there's so many. I don't even remember what they. But like every two weeks, for like the past six weeks, right? Two months, some has been another event. Uh, I'm really excited for this battleground. It looks really good. Um, I'm excited to see them. Uh, they will be pushing the July 4th special a little bit. It's just going to be, uh, you know, a little bit. I don't think it's going to be a huge, like, over, you know, we'll just see it. I mean, it's already the middle of June, so we'll see it for a couple weeks. But at the same time, even when that's over, we still have three more weeks to push to uh, Battleground. And we have two weeks before. So are we going to see him promoting two through things, two events over the next I mean, so I don't, I don't know. I'm excited. It's a, lot, it's a lot of world wrestling. All right. So as I said, um, I, I had just had a great opportunity to interview, to sit down with, uh, with Rob Schamberger. He's the official WWE artist. If you want to see some of his work, go to shop WWE.com. Go to Rob Schamberger.com. S H A M B E R G E R. Um, we, you know, I started off the night. It was great. Um, he's just so much a ball of personality. Uh, you guys are really going to enjoy a lot of what he talks about. Um, God, this an hour. I was going to do a half hour for you folks, a half hour. All right. So this was an hour. Um, woo. That's a show. That is a show for you. All right. Um, so this is a, it's great. You guys are going to love him. Uh, he talks it's just a lot about, you know, like getting to go backstage at shows for the first time, how he got into, how he got to 
grow from just a, a comic book illustrator to having the title, the official WWE artist or the official artist of WWE. And, you know, I'm just, I, it was an honor to have him here. He's such a great work. Um, so, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Yes Talk. Uh, please, and we're going to go right now to uh, the interview. So please follow the show. Go to iTunes. Please subscribe. Please give me a rating. It really helped me move up those charts. Uh, and thanks for listening. I'm Dustin Kaufman. Uh, subscribe, rate, rate share with your friends. And, hey, tweet at me. Please just let say, hey, hey, just at the Yes Talk. Follow the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy the interview. Hello. Okay. I am uh, I am sitting here with Mr. Rob Schamberger. How are you today? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's Man, I'm such a, I'm a fan of your work. Uh, it's, it's an honor to have you sitting in front of me. Uh, <laughs> I'm really, so thanks for coming. Uh, so you are- Too bad you, I don't have any pants on. <laughs> It's all right. I'm I'm not wearing a shirt, <laughs> and I have my socks on my hands. <laughs> they told me not to touch anything in the studio. <laughs> you can record, but just don't touch anything. <laughs> uh, so you are the uh, quote the official artist of WWE. Yes. End quote. Yeah. That is that's that's incredible. I mean, that's as a fan of pro wrestling to hear that somebody actually can get the title as the official artist. That somebody can be a fan and then just create something from Patty, and then just all of a sudden you're like on the main roster. Yeah, it was uh, it's funny how I got the uh, the title. Um, at at uh, I was backstage at Hall of Fame this year. Uh, uh, surprising uh, Connor's dad Steve with a painting and we were just talking over everything and, and they're like so what do we call you and I just go WWE's official artist and they're like are you I'm like yeah in back of my head I will be right after you say it <laughs> <laughs> so there you go <laughs> and uh, and all of your your work is available not all but a lot of your work is available at the WWE shop.com yes and then also at uh, robshamberger.com. Correct. R-O-B-S-C-H-A-M-B-E-R-G-E-R.com. And so how did you get started? Uh, now, was Did you start painting at a young age? Uh, well, I started drawing. Um, like, I was about seven, I think, and my older stepbrother bought me a copy of The Incredible Hulk. And I, I almost wore the Incredible oh. Hulk shirt. I took it off to put this on. Oh, I wish I would have left it on. And uh, we redrew like almost everything from the comic over that weekend. And, and my, you, you just recreated the, you just redrew the yeah. comic. Well, I mean, as good as you can when you're seven. Sure. But, sure. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. My, my stepbrother was like, yeah, you know, people get paid for this. You know, this can be a job. And little, little did I know how wrong he was, but, um, that, that set me right there. Like, okay, I, I enjoyed this. I want to keep doing this and, and, uh, just evolve to where I am now. That's awesome. So from, from recreating an incredible, so how did you, what did you like to draw after comic books? You started drawing, redrawing comic books. So when you started getting into your own, just, I want to draw this, I want to draw that. Or yeah. What? I was making my own comics. Uh, i Wrote and drew my first one when I was 12. Really? The, <laughs> yeah. A full comic? Yeah, yeah. But you had already been drawing comics right. for five years. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, I would say if you've been doing this for now, do you? that's great. What was it called? Uh, Alpha X. Alpha X. Yeah, Alpha Force, or Alpha Flight and, and X-Men in the future. 
They, they merge and become Alpha X. Wow. Right. Do you still have a copy of this? Yeah, the only one. You yeah, have the yeah. only? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you thought about for fun? Maybe yeah, I should put that up. Maybe and... as a Christmas gift? <laughs> send it out to like to the to the universe? Then? I'm sure everyone would love to get one. I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, like I started making them pretty often from there. And, and for the longest time, you know, that was my thing. I want to be a comic book writer and artist. And I had my first official one published. Uh, well, I self-published when I was 17 and like pretty much distributed it out of my, my uh, trunk, you know, driving around town and, and selling them kind of like MC Hammer with his demo tape. And uh, <laughs> at, the, at the gas station, yo, check out my <laughs> check out my comic book. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, probably would have done better if I'd had the baggy harem pants on. But <laughs> live and learn. And uh, then I um, had my first real official one published when I was let's see, twenty one, uh, with Image Comics. Incredible. And yeah. what was that? It's called The Believer. Uh, it was one issue. Uh, it, it was uh, solicited in October of two thousand one which meant that it was a month after 9-11. So no one was buying anything, especially from, I wrote it and someone else drew it. So it was totally untested talent. So just no one bought it. Sure. It was uh, at that time, the lowest selling comic in Image Comics history. Uh, (laughs) Major accomplishment. Hey, that's a, you know what? From that to the official artist, that's some pretty good stuff. And and I've got a nice stack of rejection letters from uh, Marvel Comics. I've got one hanging up on my wall right by my door so that every time I leave home, it kind of reminds me. Because it was an unsigned photocopy of a form letter. Right, like the they, they couldn't even be at. <laughs> they couldn't even like go out of their way to like sign it. Give me an actual fucking one, and uh, or even sign it. You know, like Here's... it was a photocopy of a form letter. <laughs> I didn't is... even get the the color monogram of Spider Man in the corner telling me, "Sorry, kid." Um... <laughs> this is the letter we would <laughs> yeah. send you if we actually took the time right, to send if we you gave a letter. A shit about what you did. <laughs> this is what we would do. <laughs> oh that's so funny so uh um then then i did a lot of web comics and i was pretty much like doing a graphic novel a year um which yeah hey you know that's that's quite a bit of work a lot of drawing yeah when you still have a full-time job are you writing and drawing yeah yeah. okay and so what is this uh see first one was called the black chamber uh second one i think was called too late third one too soon and then the fourth one uh, was called The Promotion. I didn't finish it. And that's kind of the one where the all the wrestling art started. Uh, and what was that called? Uh, the Promotion. Okay. And its story was kind of a fictionalized take on 70s wrestling in Kansas City. And I did like hmm. a ton of research for it. Uh, you know, talked to a lot of old timers, just read every book I could get a hold of, went over to Bob Geigel's house. Uh, really? Yeah. Which, so you uh, you put the time into. I take this shit seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And and then uh, that I, I just couldn't find an audience with it. It was too niche, you know. Well, do you think that's something that you could like go back and finish now? And yeah. Continue. I, if if I were to do it, it'd either be a novelization, or I would get someone else to draw it. Oh, you, um, do you just not want to take the time no. to draw anymore? No. No. Not not with comics. Yeah. Because it's like. I can spend two days on a painting and make four grand plus wow. prints that I'll earn off of for the rest of my life. Or I can spend one day doing like five to 12 illustrations on just one page and get paid one time for it. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's other artists that their their minds are wired for it. It was a lot of work for me um, to do that. Other other people, it's a lot easier for them, and they have the passion for it that I, I just don't have for that at this point. Sure. I still love comics. But, I mean, I, mean, I spend so, a lot of money on but comics. But what you're doing but, now is really cool. I mean, yeah. so, you know. Uh, but as, as an artist, uh, do you think, do you have ideas of what, side projects you'd like to do moving forward you gonna do you want to continue with the, i imagine you want to continue with this i mean I, who would want to yeah but yeah is, is there any side projects you'd like to do moving forward or it, you just kind of live in this like, in, in that time where i have that magical concept called free time yeah uh yeah i i have things in mind that i'd like to do but like right now i'm booked through the end of the year that's great that's great yeah and you go to a lot of conventions who is the first uh like what was the first wrestling painting you did um, I think it was Bruiser Brody. Okay. Um, uh, he's my all-time favorite. Uh, and then like, you know, like when it, when the I I just decided like the comic book thing wasn't working, and, but I had like gallery work I was doing on the side, but it wasn't ever like quit your job money because I was competing with everyone else doing whatever subject matter. So I was trying to find. Uh, something that I could hang my hat on. And then I realized no one was doing serious work about wrestling. So uh, I did a Kickstarter, raised 20 grand in a month Wow! Uh, for a project that I'm still working on, but it's called the Champions Collection. And what I'm doing with that is I'm painting every world champion uh, from all the major American promotions going all the way back to George Hackenschmidt. Wow. It's uh, like 250 portraits when it's all done. And these are the larger ones, like the smallest size are two foot by two foot. Uh, and, and, uh, that's what really got the ball rolling for me. And uh, so that, that. that'll be a, that'll be a published illustration book. I, I don't know what the plans are. There's a lot of rights issues, uh, oh, really to work out, you with know, every single person. That right. But since I'm working with WWE now, at least all their people, you got 144 champions spoken for right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can uh, use these hundred just in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, uh was it 44 champions 120 title changes i think it actually something is. like that Maybe. yeah i think 44 champions 120 title changes <laughs> since 1963 um but but that's something <laughs> that uh i i like working today on one of uh joe stetcher stecker however you pronounce his name old time guy which like the old time ones are a lot of fun because people don't quite remember them, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, the, like, what I'm doing with these kind of helps bring them back into the limelight a little bit. So, what was it that actually got you noticed um, from in the mainstream world of wrestling? It was the Kickstarter. The, the uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it's still one of the largest fine art Kickstarters in history. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's only been a few that that have gone higher. Um, which I didn't know that so at the what, time. So some, uh, so just some like wrestlers, some people in the industry saw it. They bought some of your paintings, told their friends, and people just gradually started buying from you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Got and, the word out. A lot of the the wrestling press got on board. Uh, Colt Cabana and Adam Pierce uh, got the word out. Jim Ross did, and uh, the first world champion to get uh, their painting from me was uh, David Arquette. <laughs> did he contact you personally yeah yeah of course it was David <laughs> well i tweeted him saying hey when i get to yours uh which of your outfits do you want he's like oh man the red one from the triple cage match whatever that was hilarious yeah uh, <laughs> hilarious <laughs> he's got it hanging up in his living room does he yeah <laughs> so funny 
<laughs> of course. <he> does. <laughs> I would want it there too, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, so you actually you do like I know you go do like the Access Weekend for WrestleMania. You do right. you follow them through conventions. Mm-hmm. So like any time or a lot of the times, especially in the states, do you go overseas? Not yet. Not yet. Probably by next year. Okay. Yeah, the, so like, a lot of people in the UK really want me to come over. So any of these conventions and. Uh, nerd fest if you will the the, <laughs> the comic cons and the but i i mean i don't i'm not i'm wearing one batman sock and one punisher sock <laughs> and a daniel bryan shirt all right like i'm I, i'm not like <laughs> i'm just saying they're my people <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so you you're there you like you people can find you there they can meet you they can get live paintings or just come yeah, buy I, prints well, from you i i paint like one painting over the whole weekend okay uh like this last time at uh in uh, wizard world des moines i did a portrait of Paige that took like three days and it was fun she even came by and like there were a lot of i incorporated a lot of street art and tag stuff into it so she actually came by and put a tag on it uh which was fun she ended up buying it you said in the elevator up you said you got a rare picture of Paige without Sticking her tongue out. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, should totally put that up on WWE auction. That That's uh, my second highest uh, piece on WWE auction uh, was a painting of Paige. Really? And uh, it was right after her debut on Raw, and someone in Qatar bought it. And the joke backstage is that they thought that they were buying Paige. <laughs> <laughs> and like... Opened it up. It was like, where is skinny girl? What is oh, this? No. <laughs> where is skinny white girl? <laughs> I paid good money. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, so uh, who all was out this weekend? I'll uh, see. So it was Paige and Seth Rollins uh, wow. from WWE there, and they they you're you're friendly with both of them. They both yeah, come by, yeah. say hi. Have well, they... Rollins didn't make it by, but you know, in Iowa, right by where you know Davenport, he's he's nonstop. You know, he's steady mobbing there. Sure, yeah, sure. That's awesome. Uh, so where's but there Paige a... always makes a point to come by to say hi. Now yeah. has she bought your pieces. Does she have any yeah. of your pieces? That's... Yeah, she bought that one. Oh, yeah. That's oh the one you were doing this weekend yeah yeah awesome yeah yeah to give it to her uh, mom maybe here's me maybe, yeah <laughs> it's whatever <laughs> what's every parent wants <laughs> as one I know <laughs> I had a guy commission a painting from me like on the original Kickstarter like if you pledge at a certain level you got an original painting and the uh, you know I put out like whoever it is that you want preferably a wrestler right I, you know, I don't really want to do a Danny Bonaducci at this point in my life but um, the uh, uh, the guy came back. He's like, I either want Stone Cold or me as a wrestler. Oh my god! And I'm like, Well, you only live once, Rob. <laughs> Send me a picture of yourself, dude. And he sends me like these pictures that are like taken in the dark with like oh, like no. a you know like a camera on his computer. And and I, I'm like, Could you send me something with like the lights on or something? And and uh, he's like, Well, I could do that. Or I made like a I don't play video games too. So Forgive me if I get this wrong. Uh, a CAW, create a wrestler. Is that what that is? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Games, man. Uh, he's like, but I made one of myself. He's like, can I send you that? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like on his, on his, like, so yeah, you can create your own wrestlers right, right. on the video game. So uh, yeah, it makes, I, I had done that, uh, I think, like 15 years ago. Right, right. <laughs> this is a grown man doing this. And, uh, <laughs> 
of himself. <laughs> and he sends me the picture, and it's totally like Uncanny Valley, like like Polar Express, you know, like oh, creepy. Oh, and and no. it's just it's kind of creeping me out doing the whole thing. And and then you know I send it to him, and he responds like when he when he gets it, and he's like, "Oh man, I can't wait to get this framed up and give it to my mom." <laughs> And then he just get out yeah. of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he uh, uh, uh. you know lets me know that she had, probably has it hanging up on the wall like that and a caricature that he got of himself at a fair. That's uh, so funny. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, so you, I'm glad I made his and his mom's day. You know, <laughs> you interact with a lot of pro wrestling fans all the time, right? Yeah. So um, I know it was a pretty emotional weekend. Uh, in fact, when you said that you were painting Paige, I was actually a little surprised. I thought you, maybe you'd be painting Dusty all weekend just to have that going. But uh, did you notice any any energy? Was any energy different? Were people coming up maybe requesting some? A lot of people asking for Dusty stuff. Like, hey, why don't you have Prince of Dusty? Well, one, I drove up on Thursday. Right. When the news came when through, was, I was already halfway there. Okay. Uh, but also, like, if I did have Dusty Prince with me, I would have pulled him. Um, it's different when you know everyone personally. Right. No, I can actually understand that, like, in a heart, like, you're not going to capitalize. No. no, I totally understand that. Like, uh, you know, like, and I just a mild and it has nowhere even, re- but like, you know, I promote the show on Twitter a lot, use hashtags a lot. And then never once would I, I saw that. And like, even though, you know, like every, it's like, I, you can't, no, you can't put that. There. No, that's ridiculous. Like I, I put out a painting that I had done of him just, you know, like saying that my thoughts are with the Rhodes family and that he'll always be the American dream. Um, and you know, like a lot of people shared it, a lot of people connected with it, which is great. Just. That it allowed them to remember Dusty in a certain way. Um, but, like, I worked with Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I painted the jacket that he wore on Raw in his final appearance. That's great. Um, That's incredible. G- got to, you know, talk with him quite a bit. Watched Mania from his private box. Really? Yeah. Uh, and we had posters of one of my paintings of him debut at WrestleMania. So you watched WrestleMania with the Ultimate Warrior? Just with, as his just friends. A, okay. uh, he and his family were backstage just doing everything, all that stuff you saw yeah. on the network, you know. Um, the, they just took hours of footage with him. Uh, but, you know, that poster debuted, and, like, as soon as it happened, like, one, uh, uh, he hadn't paid me yet for the jacket, so immediately, you know, I reached out to the agent and said, hey, I don't want to get paid. Um, I, I would just feel wrong doing that. Sure. And then two, uh, can you ask the family, whatever money I make for this month off that poster, I'm going to donate it to a charity of their choosing. I, I just didn't want to profiteer off it, you know, like, and that way I still felt comfortable promoting that they were out there because it was a big deal, right? Sure, I've sure. got an official ultimate warrior poster. Uh, but I didn't want to be seen that I was doing it for like greedy or exploitative. So you actually painted, painted the last ultimate warrior jacket ever worn yeah yeah like when he's holding the microphone uh it's my signature on the sleeve serious that's that's one that's so cool yeah were you were, now you were there actually there no we were driving back okay uh we didn't stay for raw we didn't how do you not stay for the raw after well they didn't they didn't have uh tickets for me at that like i, I just <laughs> oh. started with the company <laughs> okay. i didn't want to ask it, sure. it sells out in five minutes you know um there, there's so many people there uh, i just would have felt in the way i'd ask yeah <laughs> i did this year uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah i did this year but um luckily my my wife was driving 
uh, and um, all of a sudden my phone just starts blowing up because I'd actually painted two jackets. Okay. Uh, there was going to be one worn at WrestleMania and the other on Raw, but then they felt that it would be wrong with everyone else in their formal attire for him to be in gimmick. Sure. Um, so, you know, they pulled that one. Um, but then, you know, for Raw, it was still kind of up in the air whether he would do it there or not, too. So it's like, oh, let's just, you know, get with, on home. With the coat. Yeah. But then my my now were you actually there for up. the conversation about using a mask instead of makeup? Was that a no? No, that was a last minute thing too because he wanted to come out as you know like it being a surprise. You know, like at first, like oh, it's just it's just Warrior Jim Helwig, right? Yeah, and then you know he puts on the gimmick and then he's Ultimate Warrior. Okay, yeah, because uh, like at first when he first started wa- walking out, like my family were like, oh, sorry, he's wearing the suit, or like friends that were backstage were like. Yeah, he's just in the suit, Rob. Sorry, because you know, they were excited to see it too. Yeah, uh, but instead it was hidden, and uh, you know, then he throws it on, and just like bam, my phone blows up. Like, oh my god, that's a Rob Schamberger painting. You know, uh, like people could identify it immediately. That's that's so cool when people can see your art too, and then you just and they go, "That's Rob." Yeah, yeah, that's Rob. <laughs> that so you never actually got to meet Dusty though, but you had some, no. but his children a little bit. Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dustin was a big supporter even before I got in with the company, and uh, Cody has been great. You know, uh, since we've gotten to meet, you know, like I'm backstage pretty often, and he always he's one that always makes time to come over. Or like when they first debuted the the Stardust character, um, you know, I would get like a painting signed, and they would pose with you know for a picture with the painting. Most people just stand there, right, just holding the damn painting. Uh, but, uh, at first, like, you know, when he came by to sign, uh, he's like, you know what? I'm going to come back in gimmick, which normally means I won't see him again. (laughs) Right. Like anyone that says like, oh, I'll come back. I will not see them again. Yeah. Uh, but no, he came back, you know, freshly applied makeup and, and the costume on and everything. And, uh, uh, he goes to like, just hold the painting. And he's like, Stardust wouldn't do this. And he climbed up on some road boxes so that it was kind of like a like a Spider Man or Batman thing, like you know, upward angle at him, uh, and he's like, "And we can do anything with this character." He's like, "You want me walking out of a fridge holding your painting, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see that with Code. Like, I feel like he really has found the freedom of the Stardust character. Oh yeah, you you finally get to see everything that's going on in his head. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I always th- I thought that was a pretty cool change. Um, not even just because of gold dust because of where cody was so like with the with like don't touch my face like always looking in the mirror like he really went from like a beauty to a beast kind of a thing and just that evolution of that inside of the character so i thought that was pretty it's pretty cool i think it's a pretty cool evolution for him through his from where it was to this yeah yeah and he has a history of whatever angle he's put in he gets over uh yeah and that's just the way all the roads are they just they just do it they yeah just sell it. you know like if you just heard the gold dust gimmick before you saw it you're like that doesn't work <laughs> it's dustin that makes it work yeah right oh yeah yeah oh yeah and even more so like now i mean i just I, I, people are saying that he was actually like uh 
this is like the best he's ever been in his ring. It was oh. like in this last run that he had. It's been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's kind of cool thing. It happens with a lot of luchadors too. I mean, you know, people talk that he's a little older or whatever, but when you're in makeup, when you're in a mask, you know, if you have that, then you can't even really tell. And there, there's something to be said for having decades of experience. There really is. Yeah. Especially when, you know, for so long, the main roster only had a few years, right? Having someone with that amount of uh, experience helps everyone out. You know, that's why Kane is so important to the show. Or hell, even at this point, like, what? Miz has probably got over 10 years in, right? He does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, when I'm back there, like, especially at a house show where they've got a lot more freedom, um, you know, I'll see him, like, going over stuff with guys that are only in, you know, like, just up from NXT or whatever, because he is a veteran. He he does know a lot about uh, He's professional a former, wrestling. Former world heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. He main evented uh, WrestleMania against John Cena and walked out as the champion. This this, this <laughs> is actually something I, I wanted to talk. Do you find um do you find yourself having I don't know different opinions? Maybe not different opinions, but a different outlook on pro wrestling since you went from a fan to like knowing everybody. Like, cause like, I know I heard you like on the, uh, another podcast on another show on the Spanish announce table one time. And I could tell that, you know, for people in our position, we sit here and we, we try to like break it down, be top of this, you know, whatever. But like, and then hearing you talk, it's very like, these are my friends and that's how you talk about even inside the ring. So like, it's a different, it gives you a different viewpoint, but yeah. I think that it made me even more of a fan um sure because you, know, you know him it's that background uh i think for chasing comic books so long that i knew all the people making the books right uh so like not only am i just reading and then looking at the art and enjoying the whole experience but also it's like oh my friend did this my other friend did that it, it gives you a different uh, uh perspective and experience uh but then also yeah like a lot of the things that i kind of took for granted or as true Getting in there and getting actual numbers, actual statistics, uh, does definitely change the perspective. Absolutely, because while maybe the general spectator and even maybe uh, you at one point in your viewing career would be like, "God, oh, this guy sucks. What is he doing? Why is he still?" And now you're like, "Ah, oh, he's a really nice guy. They're using him well. He's staying busy. He's in the best Por- shape of his life." Hornswoggle Por- <laughs> is one of my best friends in the business, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Is that yeah? Yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Does he ever come to Kansas City? Bring him through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good guy. Um, and hell, you know, he's been in it for 15 or so years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he a long time. Yeah. I mean, he's held gold, right? Yeah. He's, he's the the last and arguably reigning cruiserweight champion. <laughs> <laughs> was he the last? Yeah. Oh, funny. They just retired it. So he was never beat and he wasn't stripped. So... Uh, they used him recently in an El Torito run, trying to give El Torito some competition. That wheel C match was one of the best things they've done in years. It was. It was great. <laughs> they, it, With WBL and well, I mean, <laughs> Micro Cole. Is El Torito is? I mean, is he t- is he technically a midget? Is that is that? Am I using? Uh, is see, that a bad yeah, term? yeah. He would be a midget, and and uh, Hornswoggle would be a dwarf. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like midget means that like proportionally everything's smaller. Okay. And then and then with uh Hornswoggle it's you know like 
that parts of his body are smaller. So like all of this... Uh, Although I've heard he's got a third leg. What so. was called midget wrestling for all those years was actually dwarf wrestling? For the most part, yeah. Hmm. For Not all... I, man, I think the last... What was the last great one? Was maybe like a Doink versus Jerry Lawler? Yeah. At yeah. a Survivor Series? <laughs> That's the last like really good one I can remember. And I, yeah. I think like the macho midget and all that before that was... <laughs> Well, I loved that uh, guy had a great career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he played so many people. <laughs> and little boogie. <laughs> that was great. I forgot about the little boogie. Uh, they man, it was that was a fun character, but like it quickly, quickly came to surface that just in the ring, it was he was very even kicking out. I was like. It was just watching him was really hard because I was such a big fan and he was getting over. But man, there was just a lot of things going on with that in ring. Yeah, that it was like, oh, this is like you can't if you are you can't even kick out. It's, then there's a problem, I <laughs> right. guess. But he was a fun character, so maybe the little boogie added a lot of like just animation to it. Just yeah. took away the series, made it a little more fun. Yeah, but yeah. I enjoyed that character. <laughs> <laughs> Huge pop at Rets. It's a Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite moments ever was uh, uh, Boogeyman and Booker T. And it was, I think it was here in Kansas City for a SmackDown uh, where like uh, Boogeyman had abducted Charmel and Booker was trying to find her. And he like goes into a room. It's just covered in worms. Which how much they spent on worms for that? I don't know. But like just the reaction on Booker when he just goes worms. It just it killed me. It still slays me. <laughs> Those were fun. I mean, they, they had some really fun. And they, you know, you mentioned that Miz earlier. That was his first feud. They had uh, a very young punk rock looking Miz, and yeah. the Boogeyman was like the big. Uh, they wrestled each other a lot. Yeah. A whole lot. And I, you know, I was, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I was actually kind of surprised that at the time I'm like, and Miz is the one that took off from the, <laughs> as in like the toothless worm eating guy yeah. was going to have the longevity. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. <laughs> That's funny. So Miz actually does try to work as a locker room leader. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, he's another one that'll, you know, like, Put those extra little touches in like when we did the photographs he would like do these like dramatic poses or when he signed uh like i i mapped the painting so they sign on the mat they're not damaging the painting or anything uh but he uh would like do a little doodle next to the name you know like those little extra touches yeah <laughs> Oh, you're making me like the Miz a little bit more. <laughs> Some of well, again, it just shows how good he is at his job. No, he really people hate him as much as they that, do. That does. He's a great heel. Yeah. No, he's a great heel. Yeah. Uh, I know. You know, and they some people they really try to push as a face, and it just. It just doesn't always work as well. I mean, he did get over pretty, but I, he's such a good heel. Right. And he works it. I mean, he sells it. He is believable because he, he just plays that exaggerated, like, pretty boy, this yeah. and that. And With, by way of bro and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, But I'd still like, uh, I, you know, and I, you, you say bro and I think of Robbie E from, yeah. from TNA. <laughs> but, I mean, I just, that guy, I mean, that is his character, but I can just not... I mean, just, even I've heard him on interviews, and that's just who he is. Yeah. That is just who he is. Like, <laughs> that's you. <laughs> got, got that Jersey thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Uh, so that's cool, though. So what are your plans coming up? Let's see. Uh, right now, my main thing I'm working on is the National Wrestling Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa. 
their uh, annual uh, induction ceremony. Uh, for the last three years, I've been a part of it. Uh, you know, like I'll just exhibit there. And then last year, I started doing paintings of all the honorees. Uh, and then this year, actually, we're stepping it up quite a bit because uh, last year they surprised me at the banquet uh, by bringing me up and giving me a plaque, naming me the official artist of the museum. Uh, so one, it's just awesome having a bunch of my stuff in a museum. But this year, not only am I painting all the honorees, I'm donating a total of 30 paintings to them. Uh, they're giving me my own section of the museum. Wow. And and I'm going to be going in there really? uh, for like like a week ahead. And I'm painting a 12-foot by 8-foot mural that's going to be in the, the lobby. So, like, as soon as you walk in. And who's that going to be of? Uh, it's, uh, Can you say? Yeah, well, it's it's a mix of – because they, oh, cel- so- they don't celebrate just professional wrestling. It's also uh, amateur and collegiate and, and okay. uh, Olympic wrestling. Cool. Um, so it'll be, like, a mix of people like Dan Gable as well as Luthez, you know, Kurt Angle and, and uh, you know, like some, some – uh, current olympians uh it's something i'm really looking forward to and then after that uh let's see there's the kansas city comic-con um i'll just uh, mostly just be hanging out doing live art there and then a couple weeks later i'm in chicago for wizard world uh and all your dates are at robshamburger.com too yeah 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 and then, oh, also, uh, the so week after You guys can follow the, Rob like the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Just show up at everything <laughs> with a sleeping great. bag. Paint for me. <laughs> Paint my sleeping bag with a title. Someone will make an ice cream named after me someday. <laughs> um, uh, the week after the, the Hall of Fame, I'll be at Battleground in St. Louis, uh, oh. painting live out there, and then Raw back here in Kansas City. Now you City say the painting live. Where, where are you going to be before Battleground? Like out by the, the merch truck. So you'll just be outside at Battleground. Yeah. You're just showing up with a folding table. Hey, yep. I am here. Here they I am. <laughs> but you were invited to the parking lot. That's the difference. That- <laughs> well, I, I actually tell them I'm coming. Yeah. I book myself. That's that's awesome. Though. Yeah, yeah. Then they well they they say yes. They could say you know right, but they say yes. No, because I I also do quite a bit of like business backstages. Uh, so they kind of just give you a pass, like hey, you can come here. Then you just got to pack your car, show up, and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I mean, and the, but I mean it's. It's got to be a great time. I mean, every (laughs) so because you're always meeting like and working with probably meeting new people that you, you know, like current and like legends Mm -hmm. and former Hall of Famers and stuff like that. Although mostly if I'm backstage, I'm just staying the hell out of the way. Backstage. Yeah. 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 But even at the conventions when you're out like. But yeah, at the conventions, I get a lot more time to hang out and meet people and take the pictures and stuff like that. Right. So you do get to hang out backstage a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so what is that like? Is uh, The it, food is a phenomenal. Good layout, good spreads? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people like, oh, I want to be on TV. That's great. Just wait till you try the catering, man. That's why people want to work for WWE. It's the food. <laughs> the food. It's not even the paycheck. It's the food. <laughs> the we're food on, is so good. We're on the road five days a week, but the food is amazing. And, and, and it's an amazing mix of food because they're not just feeding the talent. It's there for all the production guys, all the union guys that are there, you know, setting up and tearing down. Now, do you travel with them ever? Or you just kind of show up for it? You just happen to be there for uh, a Well, show? I'm probably going to be traveling with Wizard World uh, okay. starting... Uh, with Chicago, and then I'll probably be with them weekly uh, for like a couple months straight. Really? Yeah. Uh, no, going to all the towns they're doing. Hotels the whole time? Yeah. For a couple months? Yeah. You're going to take the... Well, I mean, I'll come home for a few days and okay. then fly back out. Yeah. 
you gonna take the missus with you at all or uh one's here or there she has a day job yeah yeah day jobs <laughs> a very very good very uh successful one uh but it's very easy to burn through your your time off yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's cool so as a f- if you uh could get in the ring with anybody ever and have one match <laughs> in professional wrestling like you know who like who would your dream match be with other than t-mac from uh the from spanish, the spanish stable. stable um <laughs> you know i got major beef um <laughs> you can check out the spanish announce table at, at the spanish announce table.net or trending topics network just somewhere <laughs> around the table this. show yeah yeah. Tweet, yeah tweet them at the table show um but uh i don't know i never really had the thing for that so maybe like someone that has like an amazing safety record and they could like put on a great <laughs> match with a broomstick so like undertaker or bret hart you know like just some, for your own safety right yeah yeah, yeah and their own yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a. Jo- I could not protect them. I just want to be a jobber for Bastion Booger. <laughs> just lay me out. <laughs> Maybe I'll finally uh, challenge Hornswoggle for the the cruiserweight title. That would be hilarious. Could they, I mean, could could they build like a? If you could build that with a backstage vignette, I mean, you know, because you you. Could, I'm sure he's beat like San Martino's record by this point. See, like, in a, you could you could set that up. I mean, because you are the the the, the artist. Right, right, and maybe not everybody knows you by face or name, just but you're there. So, but it would be really easy to introduce you as a character to, to the, on the camera. <laughs> but you, if they did it backstage, just had you back in the by the spread with the food, <laughs> corn swoggle, and you'd be like, "Aren't you the artist?" And maybe like you know, have you painting? Maybe Natalie's there while you're painting something for her, like a cat <laughs> or something, and horn swoggle just comes up and pushes your painting over, bashes it over my head. And then, like, you guys start, and like, the artist and Hornswoggle are like fighting, and then, like, all this. It's gonna put the asses in seats, man. Every 18 inches. Hey, man, if they're gonna redo the Mega Powers, they can have Hornswoggle versus the artist. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather see this, it's original. Especially if it's Prince instead of me, (laughs) the artist. Uh, Minnesota versus Michigan. Would you like to have that match with Hornswoggle? Can we make that happen? I don't know. He could take me. Would yeah, but he can control the match, <laughs> right? Yeah, he he would he could lead the match. He's, do, do the tadpole splash on. He's me. got more in ring. He's got he's been around the ring more he, than he's almost, a vet. He's a vet. Yeah, vet. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's former. He's held gold, man. <laughs> he's worked with the best. Yes, he's worked with the best. Uh, I think they really missed out by not settling the uh the the parentage of hornswoggle storyline the vince he is vince mcmahon's son well no it ended with him being uh um finley's oh is that yeah was that the but but what it should have been was having several people coming out saying no i'm hornswoggle's father like to tell the truth and uh uh settle it at wrestlemania with a hornswoggle on a pole match <laughs> and it's it's kind of like the uh, wisdom of Samson thing, you know, going to cut the baby in half. It's whoever cares the most is the one that gets him down. Could it be the ladder where they have to get him off of the yeah. <laughs> and then they hold him up at the end. <laughs> it's my boy, <laughs> like Excalibur. It's my boy. Can you see him just like wiggling around up there? <laughs> <laughs> so they funny. lost out on that. So funny. Uh, 
Uh, they might be close. <laughs> <laughs> so you were traveling. You didn't see Money in the Bank this week. No. Um, just the just the main event. You didn't see them. What a great 35 minutes, man. Oh, and those guys earned it, man. They really did. And one thing about that, I feel like it was, uh, I feel like the crowd really had to be sold to. Like watching at home, watching the whole event. I feel like, because I feel like at the beginning of that match, they really, uh, they were they were just quite a little quiet the audience yeah but like man 10 minutes at like tw- and they just get more and more and more and more and they took him there that was they told that story so good at and having minutes. to follow elimination chamber so they one they're having to follow one of the best pay-per-views wwe's ever done and two uh only having two weeks to build to make people care i thought Everyone you know, this is two job. in a row, Money in the Bank and Elimination Chamber, where the gimmick of the pay-per-view was like the third most important match on the card. Yeah. And that's because you've had Cena and Owens and Rollins and Ambrose with the title. I mean, and those are, they're just outshining anything else going on. With, with uh, you know, like palpable heat, uh, personal issues, it's just straight up great old school booking with... Four men that know how to tell a story in the ring. Like, yeah, all four of them are great on the stick, too, but they're better telling it uh, from bell to bell. It, it was incredible. Yeah. No, it, that match was so good. And I, it, you know, I, I felt it was a slow build, but only it was just that, okay, all right, they're, having, they're, they're in the ring. There's no ladders yet. We know this is going to build. It's just, it, they just turned the fire on. It's simmering. And man, they just took every next step. So many yeah. awesome spots in that. And they just, I mean, they sold that. And just then kept escalating. Even when Ambrose came back from under the pile just to make it that much more crazy at the end. Yeah. I mean, they took it down to the, down to the very last. I mean, it went down to the last second. Well, of course it did. It was and and match, I think it's. But. It's uh, maybe the first time they've had like that possibly disputed ending with a ladder match. Yeah. Where both of them were up there. I, th- I thought that was just really well done. See, I felt they should have put the title on Ambrose at a, a, a chamber. Um, I mean, not even just because he earned it, but the fact for the network to take a guy and let him be, say he's the first guy to win the WWE heavyweight title on a network exclusive. Yeah. I think that does a lot for the title and for the network at that time. I think the, that issue with the network was taken care of with Owens. With Kevin Owens? Yeah. As far as his first main roster match against John Cena, I could see and definitively that. won. Like there was no cheating; he went over clean. I could see that. And then they're doing the July Fourth, yeah. Uh, which you know, I thought when they first started promoting that July Fourth with the card the way it was, I thought it was going to be a huge spoiler for like so many matches because you know, like we're going to see how how many like NXT title shots are we going to see before he has to defend defend and how many. Tag team titles uh, or def- defenses are we going to see from New Day before their book to defend? But then they lost, so it's yeah. like, all right, everything's up in the air. Everything's up in the air. Yeah, they, you know, I. But how huge will it be? Like one to have the NXT title defended overseas, but if there's a title change overseas too, then it's a legitimate world title, right? You've had international people fighting over it here domestically, wow. but then being defended overseas and then changing hands overseas. That's a that's a, an actual world by, title. Def, one bought in Japan by a guy from the UK. Yeah, right. who or, or is made his name he's in Japan? He's, he, uh, yeah, he's Irish. Yeah, Irish. okay, yeah. just still UK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, people in Ireland might dispute that. But... <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> is it that same love that like New Zealand and Australia has? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, so yeah, I mean that that's five thirty in the morning. Are you gonna be watching? Not live. No, no you no. won't. No, because also I'm probably hitting the road the next day for Waterloo. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. you can. Uh, are you driving? You can yeah. just put it on uh, the net, the <laughs> network, the WWE app. Just listen yeah. to it as you drive. That's safe, right? Yeah. Let's watch the network while you drive, guys. <laughs> no big deal. Drive time. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. That net, yeah, that, I think the July Fourth special is going to be really good. I think there's a lot of fun matches on that, and it did even quite. You know, there you had that question because. Well, all right, so go back a little bit. I knew – I thought Ambrose would have been good for the a win there mm-hmm. for the reason you had a good – Owens does cover that. But when I heard – and they let it – the release came out a little early that Brock Lesnar was scheduled to come back originally right. the 22nd, and I'm like, okay, well, the Rollins is keeping that. Because yeah. he's going to come back, and he's going to go against Rollins. And Did you see Raw? Did you get to see Raw? Yeah, yeah. So that was – I mean – and I thought they were, it kind of felt like an old Attitude Era Raw in that, you know, like really the show was built around Rollins, uh, just like it used to be built around Stone Cold or Rock. Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins. I'd like to thank Seth Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had that opening bit, had, you know, segments, you know, spread out and then, you know, the payoff at the end. It, they told one three hour story. I loved it. You know, it's kind of like uh, how NXT is now or Lucha Underground. It's a story that's being told over the course Lucha's of whatever. Lucha's a fun the, show. Oh, yeah. Lucha's a fun show. Yeah. It's just, you know, they're telling that story over that course of the, the time that they have. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. NXT's come a long way, hasn't it? Oh, it, you could argue that it's the best wrestling show. From where it was, from like having it be like a, what, a competition to yeah. having mentors to this. Yeah. Now, this is incredible. And what we're seeing now is. The first crop from the new NXT, right? You know, um, with the all. I mean, all well, the guys from the it. Shield, uh, Wyatt family, right? But I think this is where I'm kind of in the, in the main event picture. We and uh, I'm, they talk about it a little bit in this week's show is they got to start getting guys who aren't from the Shield in that main event. Lesnar does it, but who are his opponents? You know, is right. it going to be Rollins and then Ambrose wants a shot? Is Roman Reigns is. Suppose- I, I I have a feeling we'll see Owens there. Pretty soon, yeah, yeah. Well, and Shane having him involved in a celebrity angle already. I think oh, that's so awesome. That yeah. was so awesome. And, and you know, so- like I, I've never heard any Machine Gun Kelly's music before. It's just I, I'm an old I'm an old man. I was I in my old music. I would have fast forwarded through all of it, except my buddy's like, don't fast forward through the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, like when I was in there, I'm like, oh, he's he's got talent. He's good, you know. Uh, you know, like the the song had a good story and a good message. Uh, and then, like, when he starts, like, walking up and then out comes Owens, I'm like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> but then I'm like, but they're not going to go there, right? And then they went there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they went there all yeah. right. It was, I mean, because I skipped all, there was a lot. Little... I wish the kid had sold it more. Like, you know, he got on Twitter right away, like, I'm still staying, I'm still tough. Oh, no. Dude, sell it for a day at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Russell, there was a little buffering on the network for WrestleMania, just enough where I could skip the entire 
music portion and just go right back to the wrestling. <laughs> that was my, I'd say that was my piss break. Yeah. <laughs> it's the new, it's the new pee break. <laughs> uh, so it used to be a Raven I match. Now it's that. So this guy got more watch time out of me than the WrestleMania music. <laughs> and it's only because my buddy is like, don't do it. And then how great with that payoff, right? You know, instead of uh, like when they have Flo Rida out there uh, rapping over his own song, <laughs> like so the the audio is all doubled up. No, like this this was really well done. I, I applaud everyone involved in it. Um, <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, so what do you think uh, about the Intercontinental title right now with with Ryback? Do you think? Like I know how I feel personally. I mean, do you feel Ryback can do to that title what they want him to do or need him to do or what the title needs? The man makes the title for sure. Uh, you know, you saw that in like Punk's first title run or even Ric Flair's first title run, right? Um, you know, this is Ryback's shot. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, like you could tell that the original plan was for both of the uh, the Intercontinental and the U.S. titles to be like fighting championships right, and with ones Daniel that, Bryan. Like, that your great matches were going to happen around. But Ryback as your replacement for Daniel Bryan to legitimize, to re-legitimize? <laughs> Plus there's like all that time period where Cena has had inarguably the best run of great matches in his career. With this U.S. title. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, a lot of that has to do with he's no longer in the main event and people are like more accepting to great matches because they are getting something new that they've been wanting for a while. And, and he's so good. And he... he his Cena, opponents come out looking stronger even though they lose. Even though they lose. But Cena has... You know, say what you will, Cena has done a complete heel turn with this U.S. Open Challenge. If you think about it, because every week we see a new guy coming out hoping to see him get beat Cena. Every week <laughs> it's who's going to beat Cena, who's going to be the guy to come out and take that, which is something. And it's all faces. He's fighting until Owens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, st- well, he did a Stardust. Well, Stardust. And yeah, uh, you know, last week on Raw, he or Smack, last week on Raw, he called the crowd cold hearted. Yeah, the, he did. I mean, it was like the coldest hearts of heart with you as you applaud with your cult with the and something along the line. And I'm like, didn't nobody catch that <laughs> at all? Didn't nobody hear what he just like? <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I think it's the most interesting for me personally that he's been since he first won the world title. Uh, like when he uh, there was that surprise draft to first. Raw. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, like, like uh, a, a good run. I'm not saying like you know that he was not interesting to me. I'm saying it's the most interesting he's been since that first title run. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Neville, Neville's doing great. I'm really enjoying watching him. Yeah. Uh, great guy too. He seemed like yeah. Great dude. Yeah. Snazzy dresser. It seemed I showed he showed up <laughs> in a nice suit. I was kind of unexpected, but yeah. yeah WWE does like their. Um, employees i guess to look sharp in public well dressed yeah. in public yeah you're a representation of the company stuff mm-hmm. like that and and the locker room right now is and i can't speak for the past because i haven't been around but sure what, what i'm around is so positive uh so upbeat so team-minded as a whole yeah you know like by the main event you know everyone's waiting to leave everyone sticks around until the last match uh, is over you know it's not going to be like roddy piper coming back after wrestlemania one and there being no one there uh like everyone sticks around 
but like everyone's there like in catering or wherever talent viewing is like watching it and and like watching watching it right like you can see like their brains are working they're paying attention to everything that's going on it's it's really cool to see or like even at a house show they always have a monitor set up so everyone you know there's like a hard camera and everyone can just watch and they're all there watching it even john cena sitting there watching it it's uh it's really just cool. supporting each other yeah that's great yeah that's uh so you say you're a fan of lucha uh, in a sexy star over there. Right. I mean, and when you look at that and you kind of look at how the Divas division is being perceived a little bit, mm-hmm. and I just think, and how people want that, like every week it's like, okay, is uh, Charlotte going to debut this? Are we going to see right. Charlotte this or week? Sasha or Sasha or Sa- Bailey or, I yeah. Mean, you would think Charlotte would be the one. I mean, she's run her course in NXT, I feel. Yeah. I, I, she's done everything she could possibly do. She's put over every person on the roster. And to me, it's almost like when you see her on TV now, it's almost a little disheartening because I just see somebody who could really help take that main roster to a whole. And I feel like hopefully that's what this story with Paige right. and the Bellas yeah, is leading to. I was getting excited to. watching that. Uh, but again, then nobody comes. So, I mean, if they run that too long, it's like, uh yeah, but you also got to let it breathe. It's finding that balance, I guess. What's finding the balance? Uh, of giving it long enough, not not hot-shotting it, not putting it through real fast. Well, how many of the guys from NXT are they bringing up? A uh, lot. Well, Week, almost monthly. And how many where's 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 the women? Yeah, it's it's making sure that there's a long-term storyline in place for them. Is that what yeah. is it? Yeah, they don't do you know this for a fact, or is this just? Oh, they've said that many okay. times. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know they they don't want to bring someone up and not have a long term plan for them. Like they just don't want to throw them in. Yeah, then they then why bring them up, right? If if you're not gonna uh, uh, market them and package them to be a big star, why are you bringing them up? Last week, somebody asked me. They said of every single person in NXT, who do you think Paul Heyman could manage? And I said Charlotte. I think Charlotte would be a perfect person for Paul Heyman because a lot of people that Heyman does try to like be that piece for that mouthpiece and that man, he just over outshines them. They can't, yeah. they get outshined by him. They get outshined by Lesnar because uh, they're all in the same rot. And I think her, he does, he's less uh, Heyman does great with people who are big enough to not need him. Yeah. And, and then you'd never have to worry about potential of a feud between right. the two. There's yeah. no, there's no feud. And the fact that she is, a, a, a lady yeah. does separate her because it's a whole different division. Yeah. And then you get Brock Lesnar and the diva and you know, you know, but I think that the ice and I do believe that I think she's talented enough because the people Lesnar has done, or um, I'm sorry, Heyman has done best with was punk and hey, Lesnar. Right. Because they were so big that he was almost just a compliment and it wasn't like an outshine kind of a thing. <laughs> but I don't think, I think Charlotte would be big enough where that could well, I don't think that would be an issue. Yeah. I think that would be a fun way to maybe bring her in, too. I know Cesaro, when he brought, after WrestleMania, he tried to do Cesaro, and he's just, you're coming off the break in the Undertaker streak. You can't put him in that light. Nobody yeah. can stand up to that. No. <laughs> Nobody. He's almost too big to be a manager. Yeah. For most people. I agree. Um. And here's the other thing that they're starting to look at that they saw, especially like WrestleMania weekend and then with the other uh, touring shows they've done with NXT, is that 
People are showing up to the shows. The live they know shows who they are. are. They're doing great. Yeah, I, I follow them on the on Twitter all the weekend. All the hack people are coming out, packing those places. They're yeah. putting on great live shows. And I think by next year, it's going to be a fully up and running touring brand. Because they do a lot of that. I mean, I know they're you know the Cleveland recent and stuff, but they do do that uh, southeast pocket, yeah. Florida a lot. I mean. But yeah, they're they're reaching out to a lot of different places, trying to find the right kind of venue and and deal for these. Uh, but and they're doing like, like, uh, uh, I mean, they're not doing like large places. No, they're doing. Uh, but, but still, you know, four or five thousand. Are they doing four or five thousand? Yeah. See, yeah. Because I feel like there was one. I mean, they're doing the community uh, center at some places. Some of those, yeah. Some of which is hey man, hey, for people that's that, an intimate fun crowd. You no, know, it really is, and I feel some people in NXT are maybe straight to NXT. A lot of WWE likes to pick people up raw scratch from right. like mold them from from the streets so they don't have outside teachings, and that's just it's what they like. It's, yeah, you know, and you, so I think we've seen a sea change with that. Oh, right that's it's an it's a weird mix yeah and it shows in the ring i think it's it's a weird it does, it does show in the ring it's yeah. like this guy's getting because you, yeah you got you got Owens <laughs> coming in with 15 years experience i mean i hate to say it but the first match that was neville versus ziggler i'm like oh god on the main roster i'm like boy these guys like <laughs> it's like so because ziggler it's so but neville just come and he's just that step faster that yeah. step more like that few extra moves to his arsenal he's been going over 10 years i think oh yeah no yeah. a lot of the roster right now is 30 to 35 years old with 15 years of experience right and that which is great for like about five years because i mean they have worked so hard that I think there's a few guys who will have that longevity, but I think there's just some guys that are hot as can be right now that just in a few years are going to start slow, you know, whether it's knees, back, shoulder, it's just, right. you know. So I think this is one of the best rosters they've had, honestly, I, right right yeah, now, or the, building two. The current NXT roster. It's incredible. I, I think that you could favorably compare it to like uh, uh, Jim Crockett, uh, you know, like the highlight of NWA. Um, I think it's that good. Or wow. or on the verge of, of being that good. But yeah, I mean, Sami Zayn, uh, Atami, Balor, Owens. Balor, man, that guy is in All shape. the women. I love, yeah. um, Baron Corbin just amazes the hell out of me. Plus, they're bringing, you know, like people That's in. Can- for That's another pe- Kansas City boy. Right yeah, there, yeah. yeah. Bringing uh, uh, people like Rhino and Samoa Joe now in. How long do you think Samoa Joe is going to be in WWE? As long as he wants, you think? Yeah, you think that'll be a yeah. The the <laughs> just just alone knowing like when they put up the shirt and it sold out in minutes on a pre order. He's he can probably come in for two to three years, retire, and be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's set. I mean, that's the have a he's gonna have impact. They need to fix his music. It got bad. <laughs> it's like so happy or something like yeah upbeat. it just doesn't fit it like, doesn't have the bass that, I, I want bass with you know him, what that you know? music scares me because it makes me think of ernest miller <laughs> <laughs> i'm like are, are they gonna first they put this dancing music they're not gonna ask him to dance yeah, if they ask him to dance he's gonna be like i'm out yeah it's like they just found like some like public domain clip and put it samoa in as a placeholder no. <laughs> <laughs> samoa no dance <laughs> But no, they they have a commitment, you know. Like they they wouldn't have put him in that full time deal if they, they didn't, didn't believe it. Yeah, I think a lot of because there is uh, the thing where it's, you, a lot of pro wrestling fans are split, 
it, inside of like what they watch. They either watch everything over here yeah. and not. I mean, they're okay. Some people definitely watch everything. You get people who only watch WWE, and then you get people who watch everything except WWE, right. and then you get people who just watch everything because they love pro wrestling. So I think WWE did understand looking in, especially coming up to WrestleMania, hundred thousand seats plus. Mm-hmm. That they really are going out of their way to fill. But I do think even on a big level, scale, network, investors, stock, everything, they're like, people like Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe and same. They have fans who don't watch WWE. They have those hardcore indie fans. Right. And bringing them, it just, their fans are going to come with them. It's like bringing in new fans, which is a hard thing, which is a, in all the years of WWE, how many people do they bring in because of their fan base? Right. Which... I'm Outside not, of like Lesnar or well, you know, Lesnar Rock's made his fan base. I mean, but like, yeah, yeah, when Lesnar got mainstream, yeah, yeah, when he came back, when he came back, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. And personally, just like as a fan, I would love to see at WrestleMania John Cena versus Owens versus Joe, a triple threat, the and the three faces of the three major organizations, right. That's huge. That's a dream match. That's like that's having WWE, TNA, and ROH. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's like having mm-hmm. Ric Flair, Bockwinkle, and Hogan, or a Bruiser. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. That would. I just. Well, I mean, yeah. To see it, I just hope that they don't say that. Well, on, no, they. You know they I mean? would. I doubt they'd even acknowledge. They acknowledge. Yeah. And I heard they would want AJ Styles, which is. I mean, just. I feel like, you know, they tried to buy, they tried to get the Briscoe brothers from ROH. Uh, I know a while back, but even recently, they tried to buy up their champion before they went to Destination America. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are, they, are they not past? I mean, you would think they'd be past the point of like being afraid of competition. I, I don't know is that it's that and more that they're wanting to, to build up their own roster. Um, but they have such a good roster. Yeah. Don't but, they? But uh, there's, I I have heard other people much smarter than I talking about how that there's still depth issues with the roster. Yeah, of you know, yeah, you've got this top talent. You know, like you were talking about, like how long are these Shield guys going to be in the main event? No, they should well, s- for well, years. But right. you just need other people in there as well. And who do you put in? Crickets, right? Uh, and, and no knock on well, everyone else, but okay, it's but gonna there's be a, a lot hot of, main event match. There's a lot of people that you need could fresh have, faces. There's a lot of people that could Ziggler could have been, but they just don't Cesaro could have been built. They just shut yeah. these guys they built and I think they've realized the error in that. If just not letting people Yeah, I mean yeah. You know, uh, but but ha- you know, bringing in someone like ma- Owens or Joe that can go right up to the main event—that's important. That's like back in the old territory days where you bring Stan Hansen into face you San can, Martino. Yeah, you can't do that. Anymore. And, and, and you know, he does his shot and then he moves along. Then you bring in Bruiser Brody; he does his shot and moves along. Uh, you know, whoever um, uh, or Gene Kaniski or whatever. You know, like. And they would just go territory to territory, give them a hot shot, and, and then go back to their own home territory. Um, I, I think that there's the potential to be able to do that again now. Rob Schamberger uh, at the Yes Talk. You can also follow uh, uh, myself personally on Twitter at Dustin underscore. It's uh, Dustin underscore Kaufman, K A U F M A N. And uh, man, I guess such a huge fan. I've really enjoyed it. Look forward to having you back sometime. Uh, thanks. That's it. This is the Yes Talk. We've been talking to Rob Schamberger. Uh, All right. Thanks, guys.
Okay, well, again, I hope you enjoyed the interview. That was Rob Schamberger. Please check him out. It was a pleasure and an honor to talk to him, to sit down. He's so talented. Uh, and again, this is a person who just loves their life. It's a person who worked hard and aspired and had a dream and he worked towards it and he did everything he had to do to get there. And he just, he's loving his life. And I love talking to people like that. I love talking to people who enjoy living so and enjoy what they do. So, all right, again, please, uh, Please subscribe, iTunes, the Yes Talk, or wherever. Subscribe right here on Trending Topics Network. I am Dustin Kaufman. Follow at the Yes Talk, Facebook at the Yes Talk. You can find me at Dustin underscore Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N. Uh, I love you, and I love pro wrestling. Uh, say goodbye to the Yes Nation, all the Kaufman guys, all the Kaufman girls. I'll talk to you next week.